This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Michael Kalstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit us at www.thefellowship.church. We discovered that victory is ours because he, loved, he loves us. Uh, uh, we talked about the fact that victory is determined by our daily steps. And uh, we build our life on him and we allow him to lead our life. And uh, then last, we talked about that victory begins when we surrender our life to him. And so I hope that, you know, if you didn't have a chance to hear it, just go back and listen to it on the podcast that uh, um, I believe it'll bless you. You know, I, I, when I get up here, you know, I, I do what I do, but uh, uh, my, my real dependence and uh, I, I lean heavily on the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the guide. He's the one that's going to help you. He's the one that's going to change you. He's going to be the one that, 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 that can really bring the change in your life. It's not, uh, you know, uh, uh, words of man's wisdom uh, that are going uh, to do that. It's the Holy Spirit. And so you have to believe that that's the case. And so let's pray. Uh, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to be walking out of here like Will did last, last here a few weeks ago. Uh, thinking uh, sir fats a lot and that's that's your interpretation of the sermon uh, so I used that last week and once for those of you that didn't, weren't here last week I told the story that Will walked out of uh, preschool and Rachel said hey what'd you learn he said I learned about sir fats a lot what sir 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 what no it was King Jehoshaphat so we're gonna pray so that your interpretation of what it is that I'm saying this morning is not like Will's interpretation of what he learned in preschool <laughs> Because you never know. I mean, what I say might might just be complete weirdness. Actually, my first illustration is really weird. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today, and uh, we thank you so much for this time that we get to come. I know, Father God, today that you'll help me. You'll help me uh, uh, speak. But I know, Father God, most of all, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to people's lives about uh, where they're at and where you want them to be and what it is that you have in store for them and the blessing that you want them to have, Father. And so I just pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will be there to, to whisper to them and, and to tell them exactly what it is that they need to hear uh, for victory in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, well, I want to start off, you know, last week I talked to you guys about the fact that I was, you know, really into sports and very, very, very competitive. And that competitiveness kind of came into uh, an area of my life, which I'm not a big gamer, but how many of you guys know what this is? What is it? It's a Nintendo controller, okay? This is the best console ever made, okay? I just want you to know it's the best console ever made. And this right here, my friend, would bring you into new levels of victory if you were really, really good. And in one of those games uh, <clears throat> that, I, that I got to play was a game called Contra. It, now, Contra was not your modern-day, three-dimensional uh, game. This was a one-dimensional run-and-shoot game, okay? This is, you know, the kids of today, if they were to play this, they, they would struggle really, really hardcore. But uh, this game, when you would turn on the, the Nintendo, you would blow on the cartridge. Why did you blow? Because there was dust on the cartridge. So you, and then you'd stick it in there, and if the light blinked, you would then have to pull it out and reset, blow it again, put it in, hold your fingers, cross your fingers. Lord Jesus, have your way with this control or with this system. And then it would come on. And your life would never be the same. 
Now, with Contra, for those of you that don't know, Contra, you got three guys. Three. Trace, right? And how many levels were there? There was ten life-changing levels. Okay? Now, you had three guys. And, and you would play, you know, you'd breeze through level number one. Whew, that was easy, right? Still got three guys. You going through there, level two. <laughs> unscathed. I still got three guys, right? So you got, you know, eight levels and three guys. It's like, okay, here we go. Oh, God, oh, man, you died once. It's like, oh, gosh. Okay, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I got two guys. I can do this. I can make it, right? And inevitably, you would maybe make it through level three, level four, and you're down to one guy, and you maybe get into just right into the first part of level five, man, and you get hammered. Oh, gosh, you got to be kidding me, right? I mean, how many of you guys remember that? I mean, look at this guy. He's like in complete agreement with me. I mean, just, just like, oh, come on. So it's like, okay, 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 we got this. We got victory, we got victory, I'm victorious. So we start over, right? We would start over. And the same thing would happen again. We'd make it to level three, level four, level five, and die. Oh, man, I'm never going to beat this. Stink, right? But do you remember the day that changed, Preston? You remember that day? When you were at school? And you came across the guy that played Nintendo a whole lot more than you, and he had the special controller with all the special knobs that you didn't have, you know? And he said to you, he said, there's something you need to know. There's a secret code. There's a secret what? A secret code. What is this code you speak of? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. Wanda? I'm telling you what, up, up, down, down, left, right, B-A, start, would set your life free. It would bring you into a new realm from three lives, 30. And you had 30 lives, 30 lives to beat 10 levels. No problem. I could only make it five levels on three guys. Now I got 30 guys. This is going to be a cakewalk. And I mean to tell you, you just play with a whole new set of confidence. You're just like, oh, yeah. You're just like, you know, you didn't even worry. You're just like going for it, you know, level five, level six, level seven, level eight. Woohoo! we're winning, right? I know Preston played that way. You get to the end, man, and the, the, the chopper would be, you know, because you won. You're victorious. But can I tell you, you get to the end, and this is what dawned on me. Wait a minute. And you look in the top right-hand corner, no, the top left-hand corner of the, of the screen, and you still had 28 guys. It's like, wait a minute. I could have beat this game with three guys the whole time. And you're like, I, there's some of you looking at me like, what on earth? What is your point? Wanda, come on. You know, this is the lady that didn't like notes, so I stopped doing notes. Now, here she is questioning my Contra illustration. Here you go, Wanda. Now, in 1985, when I played Contra, I would have never thought that Contra from, from 1985 would parallel the Word of God. 
And you're thinking to yourself, it doesn't parallel the word of God. Absolutely, it does. Why? Because it, the, the, the book that's sitting in your lap is filled with codes that will give you life. It's filled with codes and principles, spiritual principles that will bring you life, that will bring you blessing, that will help you through, you know, your marriage situations, through raising kids. It, it, it's there. The question is, is do you know the code? Do you know up, up, down, down, left, right, B, A, select, start? Now, here's the thing. You miss one of those things. You get off, you know, you have fat thumb it or something like that. And you get to it and the, fl- the screen flashes. It's like, oh, man, I only got three guys. You did it wrong. You got to up, up, down, down, left, right, B, A, select, start. And the word of God has principles. It's like, listen, it's laid out. It's just like, you do this, you're going to have blessing. You do this, you're going to have blessing. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that God is a, a, a Nintendo controller, and if you don't do the whole code perfectly, that your life isn't going to be blessed. But the point is, is that the Bible has spiritual laws in place, and when we walk those in, out in our lives, we'll have blessing in our lives. And so victory is achieved by what it is that you know, and what it is that you know is your faith. Victory is achieved by your faith, in God. Last week we looked at uh, Romans 8:37 that said, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus. It's yours. It's it's yours and it's mine. Today I want to look at 1 John 5 if you want to turn in your Bible there to 1 John 5 and look at what it says today here about victory is achieved by your faith in God. Look at what it says here. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves uh, whoever has been born of him. And this we know, that we love the uh, children of God. And when we love God and obey his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. So the thing is, is that if you are a believer, if you've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, he's telling you right here that you have overcome the world. It goes on to say, and this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? It's our faith. That's the next slide. So it's our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So what overcomes the world and brings victory in your life? Is it your granddaddy's faith? Is it your mama's faith? Is it, is it uh, you know, okay, if I just think positively or if I do good things, that's how I'm going to overcome? No. It says specifically right here that this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. You know, uh, this past week I was just, you know, looking over some of the uh, different stories in the Bible that talked about people and how they use faith. And one of those, uh, those stories was uh, the paralytic man. I don't know if you guys remember that, but this guy was paralyzed and his, a couple of his friends heard about the fact that Jesus was, was ministering and they believed Man, if we get our friend to this Jesus, he's going to get healed. And so, like, you know, when you put yourself in that story, it's like, you know, if, if I had somebody, it's like, okay, I'd have to go. And in these days, they didn't have cars. So it's like they go to their friend's house and they have to, like, talk this guy into it. Hey, listen, man, there's, there's this guy, Jesus, and he wants to heal you. And so, and this guy, mind you, he's, he's paralyzed. So what do they do? They, they, they talk him into it. Can you imagine the challenge of like talking this person into what it is that was going on? Like, listen, man, you could be healed. And if, if you just come with this, you go, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to, you know, go all the way 
there. You guys are, you know, it's going to be a long journey and you guys are going to have to carry me. And so they, they got him talked into it. They worked through that, that whole process and they, they talked to him into it and they're carrying him. And they get to the house and it said that there was a crowd around this house and that they couldn't even get in. So here they are, man. They're probably, that was a long, that was a long ride, Carrie. And they're probably looking for water and they're like, man, there's a lot of people here. I don't know how we're going to, you know, there's, we got this big bed and now we got to try and work our way through, you know, to where Jesus is at. And so they try it and they probably get it, get back. This is my spot. How many of you guys have ever been to a concert? And it's like the people, the way that people are, it's like, no, 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 back up, getting back in line. I'm sure that that's the way that they were when they were there to hear Jesus. And so here they are with, this, with their paralytic friend. They're like, okay, okay, well, they're not going to let us through. They don't have, you know, the spirit of kindness on them today, right? So I guess, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. And so they're like looking at the roof like, well, we, I guess we could, we could get up on the roof. I mean, I, it was so nice yesterday. Guys, I was walking down my sidewalk, and I looked up. And now, mind you, my roof and my gutters are not that high, but my Christmas lights are still up. Don't judge me. And, and, and I'm like... Eh, I don't want to do that, right? Now, here they are, and they got, they got their paralytic friend, right? And they got to get up on this roof. And, and so they, I don't know how they did it, found a ladder, you know, hoisted each other up on each other's shoulders like a circus act and got their friend up there. The next thing you know, they're beating on the roof. And the next thing you know, can you imagine, like, somebody come, come I don't know, I wonder if they roped him off so he came down level. Have you guys ever thought this? Like, did he come down level or did he come down like, did they just tie him to the board and he's like this? And Jesus is standing there. Wow, great is your faith, you are healed. Have you ever, have you ever wondered that? Like, you know, he, they would have had to like lower accordingly. And if they would have tied it on two ropes, that thing could have been pretty wobbly, Carrie. So I'm guessing it's like they're probably tired, took the short route. Just lassoed him up like a, and then just lowered him down. <laughs> Jesus is standing there looking at him like, what's going on, man? You've got some weird friends. <laughs> what's my point? He looked at him and he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. You know? Another story, you know, when it comes to this whole idea of faith, right? It's our faith that gets us to victory. There's another time when Jesus was, he got into the boat and the disciples got into the boat and they're heading out and, and Jesus goes to lay down and take a nap. And the storm blows in on the lake and, and it says that it's, it's a dire situation. And these guys are like, oh man, we're, I mean, there's water coming into the boat. So what do they do? They go and they get Jesus. And they say, Jesus, we're, we're going to die. We're going we're gonna to perish. So what's he do? He gets up and he rebukes the storm. And the storm, you know, settles down. And then he looks at the disciples and he says, where is your faith? And, you know, you think about that illustration of, of the storm that the disciples and Jesus were in. And we have storms. How many of you guys have ever had a storm in your life, right? We have a storm that comes up. I wonder, I just wonder, is Jesus saying to us, where is your faith? You know, so we can see two illustrations here of two instances where people did and did not use their faith. The, 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 the paralytic man, his friends, they used their faith. We're like, man, if we can just get him there and we can just lower him down, he's going to be made whole. And, and, and they were. And then we see here where the disciples did not use their faith. So victory is achieved in, or victory is achieved by your faith 
in God. And you know, we've all been given a measure of faith, but it's up to us to continue to grow and develop our faith, you know, by reading the word and coming to church and, and, and grow and strengthen that faith in our lives. And some people will say, well, you know, I'm sorry, man, I, I, I haven't read the word a lot and I just don't have a lot of faith. And I would argue, I don't believe you. And the reason I don't believe you is, is like, how many of you guys have a job? A lot of us in here have a job, right? And the thing is, is that you will set out and you'll go to work for somebody. And a lot of us, you know, you might get paid every two weeks. Some of us get paid once a week. Some of us get paid once a month. But, but you go to work with, in, in faith that at the end of the week, after you've put in your time, they're going to give you a paycheck. I just talked to an individual this just this past week. He was talking about some of the things that he does for businesses, and it, it'll be a whole month before he ever gets the check for the work that he did. And so that man, he goes to work in faith that when he does the work in 30 days, he's going to go out to the mailbox and open it up, and there's going to be his check. If he didn't have faith, he wouldn't go for 29 days, right, and continue to work if he didn't. We got farmers that are in here. You guys are getting ready to plant here here shortly. It's like you go out, you put the seed in the ground, and you wait months to get the seed and get the harvest, and you're doing it in faith. So to say that you don't have faith, it, that's, that's not true. You have faith in something. The question is, is what do you have faith in? And, and, uh, Unfortunately, sometimes it is the faith is in the job, the faith, faith is in the spouse, your ability, what's in the bank account, what you've saved for retirement, uh, uh, you know, the accomplishments that you've made. It's, it's based on the wrong thing. Your faith is based on something that's based strictly on your ability and what it is that you can do. And the problem is, just like those disciples, when they were in the boat and the storm comes, it's based in you and your strength. And you're, sometimes you're looking at it and you get, a, you know, a, a doctor's report and there ain't nothing you can do about it. It's only faith in God that's going to bring you through that storm. There's only the faith in God and the promise that he has made that's going to bring you through that. So it can't be in something other than God. You know, recently we were, uh, um, Zach was talking with a student that was just struggling and you know, she, she went off to college and she was doing her thing and, and she's just really struggling. And she just said, you know, I can't, I, I want to, but I can't. And, and, I, and when, when Zach was talking to me about it, I said, well, that's, that's just a lie. Because the thing that I know is, is that there's something inside of her, there's faith that is inside of her that she's just simply not acting on. She, she's believing this lie. The enemy's got her, you know, uh, confused into thinking that she can't. Because when we read, like last week we looked in Romans 8, it specifically talks about overcoming sin, that, that Jesus, what he did, he gave us the power and the authority, and uh, he gave us victory over sin. And if she would just remind herself of that, if she would go back and she would begin to strengthen and, and, and fortify what it is that she already knows, she would, she would know, you know what? I don't have to do this. I can do something else. And so... You know, that's, that's really my heart is, is that, that, that we all get that. We get that victory belongs to us, and we get that, the, that it's, it's through, through strengthening our faith that, we, that it brings victory into our lives. And, and unfortunately, there's just influences 
in our lives. You know, for some of us, uh, they could be uh, the parents or where it is that we grew up, the way that they talked, the way that what they believed influences how we think and how we perceive things. And, um, you know, you, you, you'll hear people talk about health-related issues. Well, you know, uh, you know, my granddaddy had that and my dad had that, so, so I'm probably going to have that which couldn't be further from the truth. That, that's, not, that's not truth. But when we're in these families and, and we have these dynamics and we're influenced by certain things, that's what we begin to believe. We begin to believe that as true. I had a friend in high school that, that you would hear him all, all the time. He'd say that he was accident prone. And I mean, it, 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 it was, I mean, accident after accident after accident. I mean, like one day I'm, I'm driving back to school from, from college and I look over in the snow, like out in the field and like, oh man, there's his car. And he had driven off of this embankment, launched out, I mean, 30, 35 foot before he hit the ground, and there sits his car. But, you, you know, when he talked, it was continual. Like he broke his tailbone. He, he had a, a four-wheeler stolen right out of, his, out of his garage. They picked it up and lifted it over the hood of a car, and, 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 and he continued to believe that, and that's what ended up happening in his life. Just because you believe something as true doesn't mean that it is true. You know, recently this week, I, I saw this post online that was talking about the presidents and how they've, how many people they've pardoned. And, uh, you know, this one president, you know, and I don't need to name his name, he, 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 he pardoned like almost 2,000 people. And then this other president had only pardoned 25. And I won't say who that is. But the point is, is that you, you and I both know this picture that you're looking at is influencing the way that you think, right? It's, it's trying to get you to believe a certain thing. And I was just like, huh, I wonder if that's right. So I was like, you know, I was like Googling presidential pardons. And wouldn't you know it, come to find out it was the numbers weren't even true, not even close. I mean, you know, they were kind of in the same ballpark, but it's like, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that that's an influence. And, and we're, we're, we look at that stuff every single day. We have, we have things that come. There's things on the radio. There's, there's people that we talk to that believe a certain way. And they're influencing our faith. And so it's just up to us to, to remind ourselves, no, 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 no. I'm going to look at what's true, what's, what's true and what's right. And let me just show you what that is. Jesus is true, truth. Uh, in John 14, 6, it says it this way. Jesus said that I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. So we have to look at something different. You know, when we're, we're constantly looking at the things that the world has to offer, right? The world system, the world's way, we're, we, we, that's not going to be a good, a good turnout for us. We have to look at truth and, and know that it's going to bring life. Another verse of Scripture is found in John eight thirty one. If you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what the Word of God will do. When you know the truth, the truth to you, the truth concerning your circumstance, that's when the light bulb will go off. It's like, wait a minute, I'm free. It's no different. I know Wanda, she's having a hard time with the contra illustration, but when I found out about that truth, the light bulb went off, I'm like, 30 guys, I'm going to beat this this afternoon. And I did. Because why? I was set free because I had 30 guys. And the same thing is true when we get knowledge and truth in the word of God. It will set us free. Truth 
comes by changing the way that you think. Romans 12.1, we looked at this last week. Uh, uh, Paul was urging the Romans to surrender their lives to Jesus. But in verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Don't we see that? I mean, you know, we, it's so tempting to copy and look at and, 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 and be influenced by the world. But, but he's telling us, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person, changing the way that you think. So let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. If you and I want to change, if we want to get better, if we want God's blessing in our life, if we want to fulfill all that God has for our lives, there's something that we have to do. And that is we have to change the way that we think. You know, and, and um, in this is, is that, you know, we're, we're doing this with faith and we're, we're, we know all this, right? We know that God wants us to have victory. We know that we have to have faith. And a lot of us do. But knowing it isn't, isn't all of it. There's an application. We have to do something. Another thing that we have to do is, is that we have to understand who our enemy is, right? Because when I was playing football in high school and, and, and in college, we would go out and we would do, uh, you know, the, the drills and we would work on our, our, our pass plays, our blocking assignments. We would work on form tackling. We would do all of those things. But then we would go inside and we would sit down and we would look at a film. And what was the film? The film was the opponent. The film was the enemy. The film was the person that we were getting ready to face. What are we looking at? We're looking at, you know, what is, what's their favorite plays? How do they, you know, who are their key players? What are their key, uh, you know, the key ways that they, they work? And, 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 and you know, we're going to key in on those and we're going to know what it is that we're supposed to do. And the same thing is true with us. I mean, we can have faith. We can know that God wants us to have victory. But if we don't know how the enemy is, is maybe going to make a, an inroad into our life, because it can be small, guys. It can be the smallest of things. There can be influences that maybe for years we believe a certain way, and, and God's like, man, that is not even true. That's not even true. But yet we, we carry it with us, and what it does is it holds us back from moving into another area in our lives where God can bring blessing. And so John 8, 44 says it this way about the enemy. It says that he was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand for truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. First uh, Peter 5, 8 says it this way. Stay alert. Watch out for the enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so we have to be aware that, okay, he's a liar. That's, that's, that's what he speaks. And so when a lie comes into our brain and into our mind, we just have to be like, nope, not doing that. You know, I was, I was just thinking through this and how I could illustrate this. And one of the things that I thought about was like when I was back in high school, uh, I did the hurdles in track. And, uh, you know, we, me and a buddy of mine, we would win, you know, we'd go first and second, kind of go back and forth, back and forth, you know, and, and so my freshman year, I think I made it to state, I don't know if I did, it doesn't matter. My sophomore year, I made it to state, and then my junior year, I was uh, uh, at, at districts in Underwood, Iowa, and so we went through prelims and qualified for the finals, 
of, of uh, hurdles, and I, that the next race would determine whether or not we went to, to state. So about time to get ready for the, the race, and so, you know, you go and you do these warm-ups, and you do your lead leg, and then you do your trail leg, right? You're working on your trail leg, you know, and how that comes through. And so I hit, I was going through, and I hit a hurdle hard, like with my, with my knee, and it got red and, and almost black almost immediately. And I ended up falling on the ground in front of the whole thing. It was so embarrassing, Wanda. So embarrassing. My pride was hurt, right? But more than anything, my knee hurt. Like it's like a throb, throb, throb. And this is right before the finals to go to state. So I'm just like, oh, man. This is, you know, and it rattled me. It was just like, wow, oh, okay, okay, okay. Man, maybe, maybe, what if I hit a, what if I hit a, a hurdle? I could, I could trip, I could, I could fail, I could maybe not make it to state. And so I'm just like, okay, 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 I got this. I got, I got this, right? And so the, the race starts. We go through one, go through two, go through three. Everything's fine, Tim. I'm doing great. I'm right where I want to be. Things are doing well. But then something happened. I hit the last hurdle. I know, it was a bad day. It was, a, it was so bad. And so I hit the hurdle, and I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. I'm, I'm still I'm talking to myself while I'm going over hurdles. I know. I'm, 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 I'm very, very talented, Wanda. I hit the hurdle, and I'm talking to myself, and I'm thinking, I got this. I got this. And then I'm like, no, no, you don't have this. He passed you, and then he passed you. And I'm like, I, I got this. I got, if I'm third, I'll still make it. And right at the end, somebody passed me. You know what I did, Wanda? just kept running. More like this. Just kept running. And I just decided out on the curve there on Underwood, I just, I just decided I'm just going to lay down right here. It's right here. It's like this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just lost. You're terrible. You're such a loser. You failed. It's like, oh, my God. And you know, then Corey came over. He's my friend. I'm like, don't talk to me. He beat me. Such a loser. I didn't make it to state. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna win again. I'm never gonna have a chance to go to state again. Gosh, he wasn't there. You know, there's gonna be people. You know, times when in life where people won't be there for you. Josh wasn't there. He he graduated. Never mind. But I'm laying there, and then and then Greg comes over, and. Not one word of encouragement. Not one word. He didn't care. He's like, dude, get up. And I'm just like, I stink, and I didn't make it to state. He's like, I know, you lost. Now get up. Everybody's gone. You look like a fool. You're out here on the curve. Everybody can see you. But there I was. I was just like believing this lie like, Man, I failed. I am terrible. I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do it again. So I got up. I got about this far. It's like you got to get up. You can't. You can't stay. You can't stay here. You look like a moron. That's what he said. But how many times? How many times do we? You know, we have a hurdle in life. Sometimes they're big, big hurdles. Big, giant hurdles. Sometimes they're little ones that the devil knows, man, all I got to do is just put a little twig in the road 
and that person's clumsy, and they're going to trip, and they're going to fall. It might be the little sin, you know, we talked about, you know, the, 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 the sin that, that just has gotten you time and time again, and you're deceived. And you end up tripping, you end up falling, and, and you, you're down. And what's the enemy do, man? He just kind of just does this. Pats you on the back with that lie. Just lies to you. Yeah, you're good. You can't do this. Stay right there. That's where he wants to keep us, is, is with the little lie. He, he wants to keep us right down there. Don't move. Because why? Because when you're laying right here, you're, you're not fulfilling what it is that God called you to do. You're never, ever going to reach your potential. You're never going to go on. And, and you have to realize that there's, there's more opportunities. There's going to be more opportunities to race. There's going to be more opportunities to win. There's going to be other opportunities in your job. There's going to be other opportunities in your marriage. You can work on the marriage that you have. If you lost the marriage that you have, God has another, has another way. He has new, new, new things, new beginnings. He wants you to get up. And so we have to get up. And we have to begin to walk again, and we have to begin to trust again, and we have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to begin to believe what it is that you have to say. And when we do that, that's when we can experience victory. But so many people, you know, they, 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 they get tripped up, and then they're stuck. And God's like, this isn't that big a deal. The fact that you lost the 1996 high hurdle qualification meet for state is not that big of a deal, Brian. Get over it. It's funny. That's funny. And 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 but but life can sometimes not be funny because we're, that we're stuck and we're not moving. God's saying, "Listen, I I, I got better for you. You just got to get up. You got to begin to take some steps." And so you know, thankfully, I got up. Would have been a cold winter, right? And, you know, the next year, I qualified for state. I wish I could say I got first place, but my best friend beat me. So I got second. But I'm okay with that. Because I got back up, and God gave me another opportunity. There was a lot more wins. I got to experience victory. I got to go to state. And the same thing is true in our lives. God wants us to get up. He wants us to begin to take some steps. And, and, and he'll show us, and he'll heal us, and he'll help us. You know, there's emotional, you know, hurts and pains that, that sometimes will hold us down. And it's like, if we would just get up and say, God, I, I'm giving you this. I'm going to leave this behind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that as I continue to step this out and walk this out in my life, that you're going to bring health and wholeness and healing to me. And don't let it, don't let it keep you there. Because that's what the enemy wants. And, and he does it by lying to us. And so there's three ways that I want to talk to you just as we bring this thing to a close, how we open the door to the enemy. And the first one is, is in the sins that we continue. The sins that we continue. That's how we open up the door to the enemy in our lives is by, by, by missing the mark. And when we continue to, you know, like this young, you know, young girl kept thinking in her mind, I can't, I can't do this. I can't overcome this. The reality is you can. You just got to be, you got to be like the friends that took the paralytic guy and just be like, no, we're, we're going to get this. We're going to get the victory. Am, am I perfect? No, but I'm going to begin to take steps. And each and every day, I'm going to get victory over this thing that has been holding me down. This sin that I've continued in, now I'm done. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to surrender my life to God. And I'm going to believe that he's going to give me strength to, to overcome this because he has, but it takes, it takes some inner strength. And maybe you don't have that inner strength. I know that you can pray and you can ask God to give you that inner strength again, to get up and say, no, we're not doing this. We're not going down this road. I'm putting this sin behind me. And if you make the mistake, you're quick, quick to ask for forgiveness because you're going to get victory. I'm going to get better. I'm going to move on. I'm gonna, this soon, this will be nothing but something in my rear view mirror, something that, that, that's old, it's old and it's, and it's in the past. But you have to move past the sins that you continue. The, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 2.10 says it this way. And this is, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, asking for forgiveness and, and, and offense in our lives. This is one way. I mean, I, you know, when you're driving down the interstate and somebody cuts in front of you, it's like you got a chance to be offended immediately, right? That's a sin. Look what it says here. It says, now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For indeed, I have forgiven anything, and I have forgiven the, that one for the, your sake in the presence of Christ. Verse 11 says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you need to know, like, you know, even in the simplest of things, when, you, when, we, when we walk in unforgiveness, we're in sin. And, we, and when we do that, what this verse is telling us is, is that we're giving the enemy an advantage in our life. Another verse of scripture or, or another translation says that he outwits us or he outsmarts us. And so it's like, you know what? We're not doing this. I'm going to forgive and forget. I'm going to, you know, if I have an offense towards somebody, maybe that offense has been for years. You need to say, you know what? I don't care if they ever say anything to me about it. I'm going to choose to forgive them. And I'm going to release them from what it is that they said, what it is that they did, because I, I don't want to give the enemy an advantage in my life. I want to move on and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have victory in my life. And that is one step that we do. Another thing is in the thoughts that you think, in the thoughts that you think, you know, and, and, and this is where we give the enemy a, a foothold in our life is in the thoughts that we think. And uh, it says in Proverbs 23, seven, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And Linda, if you want to go up, I'm, I'm getting close to the end here. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And, and this is a big one, guys. This, this is kind of how the enemy tripped me up. Just like, you know, when I ran that deal, and he tripped me up. And, and this is probably where the heart of this whole message comes from is, is that, you know, as believers, man, we can know that God wants us to have victory. We can know it and we can even have faith. You know, we can be a person of faith, but, but there are thoughts that we think that will hold us down. It will hold us in a place and in a position that the enemy is just this one little thought and it might not even be a big deal. But for me, years ago, about 18 years ago, I got back from, from Ramah and uh, I can remember pastor came to me. He's like, hey, you're going you're gonna to teach on, on Sunday or no, on a Wednesday. And I was just like, okay, great. Because I didn't have confidence. And so what I did is I'm like, okay, I know how to handle this, Carrie. I'm going to get 37 pages of notes. And then when I get up there, even if I just read the notes, I could read for 45 minutes, right? No problem. I got this. So I just copied and pasted the whole New Testament. I'm like, we're good, right? <laughs> 
But we weren't. Because I got up, and somehow, I don't really know to this day what happened. You know. I was done in seven minutes. <laughs> Completely. I, I had nothing left to say. I'm like, man, this is a three ring. I, I have like 37 pages here. What happened? And it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. And you might be thinking, wow, Brian, it's not that big a deal, man. We're laughing at you. We're laughing about it. It's all good. It wasn't good then. It really wasn't. Not inside of me. Not in my mind. Man, I, I, I did this. I was demoralized. Dad had to get up and he had to do like 35 minutes of offering and announcements. That had to be brutal for the Wednesday night crew, didn't it? <laughs> but I sat down and I'm just like, never ever, ever again. I won't do it ever again. I sat down, I was so mad and just like, God, where were you? And so I'm sitting there and I'm just having this, this lie is taking root in my life that basically I can't, I can't speak, that I can't do it, that um, I'm not any good, that what I have to say, nobody wants to hear. I mean, just, just, just make it up in your mind. That's what I was thinking in my mind. And, and that night in that youth room over there, in one of them brown chairs, I'm just like, nope, never again. And then I got up from that chair. And then every single day or week or whenever, the thought would come to my mind, I can't do it. I can't speak. Dad would ask me. He's like, hey, you want to speak? Nope, absolutely not. I'm not speaking. I failed. I failed. I'm terrible. I didn't say these things to him, but in my mind, that's what I believed. I believed I couldn't do it. I believed I was terrible. I said, you know, I did say, I don't care what you do. If you want to fire me, fire me. I am not getting up there because I'm not good at this and I can't do it. And man, I mean to tell you guys for like six or seven years, I didn't speak, you know? It's like I knew I knew I was supposed to. I knew that that it, it was kind of what God called me to do. It's like, dear God, He called me to be do this. And uh, why is it that I can't speak? That was one thought. Why can't I speak? Why can't I do this? Man, it it, it, it was a struggle. And I can't say. I, I wish I could say that there was this one day where I was reading in the New Testament, and a light shined down on top of me. I was instantly and miraculously set free. Can't say that. But, I don't know. I, I think we needed a youth pastor. Uh, we need somebody to speak to the youth. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. I can do this. They don't care if my messages are seven minutes long. They actually like it. <laughs> so for one year, I preached seven-minute messages. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, God began to work on me, began to help me. People like Angie, she endured seven-minute messages that didn't mean anything, right? But it was a lie. I mean, and, 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 and like I said, I wish I could say it was just like, it's gone. I don't, I don't deal with it anymore. There's not a, a week that goes by where it's like, there's not that thought that comes in and says, I don't know about this. 
I'm just being honest. Nobody else wants to be honest. Nobody else wants to talk about their, what they deal with, right? Get it out there. Get it out there in the light so you can be set free from it. Let God do something in your life. Let him change you. Let him, you know, help you. But, but if you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to put it out there, you know, it's, it's kind of like the whole surrender thing, man. If you don't, if you don't surrender, he, he wants to help you, but he can't. He just can't. And so life went on, and, and uh, I'm not preaching seven-minute message anymore. Thank God. So it's in the thoughts that you think. And I don't know what that is for you. It might be thoughts that you think. It might be sins that you, that you continue to struggle with. And then lastly, in the words that you speak. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6 says that you're snared by your words. And I, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, guys. You know, it, it starts in the thoughts that you think. And when you begin to think about those things and think about those things, and this is what I did. I thought about them, I thought about them, and then I began to believe them. I believed that they were true right? It was one step forward. I believed that they were true. And then the, the, the next step that I took were in the words that I speak. They came out of my mouth. I may have not said it to anyone or, you know, so I said it to my wife. But that's what happens. You think a thought, you believe the thought, you begin to speak the thought. And that's the next thing. So you really have to look at your words. You got to look at what it is that you're saying. And, and, and because that's an indicator of what it is that's in your heart. And if, if, if there's something that's coming out of your mouth, it's like, Lord, I need you to help me with this. And maybe there's somebody that's close to you and say, I need you to help me listen to what it is that I'm saying. If, if the words that are coming out of my mouth are, are, are not in line with what it is that he has promised, I need you to help me. Man, maybe slap me. If I say it three times a day, slap me. Husbands, you should say that to your wives. And then maybe, you, you know... <laughs> God wants victory for you. And you have victory when you stop believing the lie. So that's my encouragement to you today. So let's just uh, bow our heads and then we'll pray. Father, we just come before you today. Father, I thank you for your word. It's powerful and it changes us. If there's, if there's anybody in here today, you know, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit's just been speaking to you about a lie that you're believing, you know, I'm not going to have you come down here, but just, you know, with your, with your hand raised, just say, that's me, Lord. And just between you and God, just say, I- I've been believing this and I'm going to stop. Is there anybody in here? See those hands? Awesome, awesome, awesome. You can put them down. I tell you what, it's not that you're not going to be challenged maybe with that thought or that lie in the future, but you can mark down the day. You can write down the day and say, you know what? This is the day that I left that behind. This is the day that I chose to walk the other direction. And this is the day that I believe that God's going to help me overcome this in my life because he wants that. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to have blessing. I guess what I'm saying is don't let a lie hold you back. You know, there can be marriages that horrible things have happened 
But I can tell you that, that God has the power and the ability to, to fix that. But you gotta, you got to make a decision. you got to make a commitment that, you know what, Lord, I've been wrong. And I, and I ask you to forgive me. And I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to let this thing that has held me back for years continue to hold me back anymore. And so, Father God, I just pray for these people that have raised their hand. You've seen their heart. You've seen their challenge. You've seen what it is that they've believed and entertained for years, Father. God, I pray that you would help them to see that, know that, and, and know that today is the day where they turned around and went the other way. And I just pray, Father, that as they go, that you'll strengthen them and help them, Father, to overcome the temptation to believe that lie. I thank you, Father, for great testimonies of your victory in their life and that they will see the blessing just flood into their life and the favor flood into their life, Father God, as they continue to walk with you and look to you, Father.